2020 is going to be the year of collaborations, and your girl got a head start. I'm super excited to be partnering with two times Table Talk with Tati guest, millennial entrepreneur and motivational speaker, Katrina Garns, for our newest collaborative event, Lunch With Us, an intimate conversation over cocktails for the working millennial woman. On November 16th, I'm headed to Atlanta to sit down with Katrina and other working millennial women in the city for lunch and cocktails. Yep, you heard me right. Cocktails and conversation. Our goal is to support more millennial women of color in the upcoming year to achieve success with their side hustle. Now, I know full-time entrepreneurship has become the new American dream, but let's keep it real for a second. That's not everyone's reality. And we want to have a conversation about this very thing and help you to level up in 2020. So if you're in the ATL, we want you to join us. Enjoy catered lunch bites, our custom cocktails, and music to keep our convos flowing. One last thing, we are keeping the spaces super limited so the vibe is intimate. So if you're serious about growing your side hustle in the upcoming year, or you just simply want to develop a fresh support system in the city, we want to see you there. Tickets are now available online at workingwomenatl.eventbrite.com. That's working with an E, of course. It's Natasha Toddy Weston, entrepreneur, content creator, and three times best-selling author. Let's scratch the titles. I'm just the girl next door. If you follow me on social media, you know I'm all about being an open book, bringing current events from the real world and my world to the table to give my sisters from other misters insight, wisdom, and real talk about life, business, and all that other ish. The reason I created Table Talk with Toddy is because I spent the last decade, mostly online talking to people, more specifically millennial women all around the world about the ups and downs that come with building a brand, being a mom, and having a personal life. And what I eventually realized was that we all have many of the same questions, curiosities, and challenges. So here we are. On the Table Talk with Toddy podcast, we'll laugh, we'll cry, and I'm pretty sure we'll be pouring it up together on many occasions. It's about time that you got a relatable, unapologetic view on life as a creative living in the 21st century. On this show, you'll hear from some of my close friends, family, and guests that I've learned a thing or two from over the last decade. Get ready for some ahas, mm-hmms, and yes, girls, because at this table, nothing, and I mean nothing, is off limits. Be sure to subscribe to the Table Talk with Toddy podcast right now on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to leave a rating and review. Welcome to the Table Talk with Toddy podcast, you guys. If you're an oldie but a goodie, thanks for coming to hang out with the girl for another show. And if you're new here, thank you for stopping by. If you like what you hear today, I invite you to join the fam bam by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and hitting the subscribe button so you don't miss future episodes. Now, speaking of Apple Podcasts, I have got to show you guys some love before we even dive into today's show. In the month of September, Table Talk with Toddy hit a couple of significant charts. And if you follow us on our Instagram and Facebook at Table Talk with Toddy, go go over there, like our Facebook page, follow us on IG, then you already know all about this. So September was one for the books, hands down. First of all, we ranked 
1,359 out of 30,000 plus shows in the personal journals category. So let me say that again, just in case you missed it, because I know that number may seem like it's, you know, not anything important, but out of 30,000 plus shows in this category, we were number 1,359s. And I'm pumped, like out of almost four years of podcasting, that has never, ever happened. We have never hit any charts on Apple Podcasts. So that was the first major significant chart thing that happened, right? Well, the second thing is we made the top 100 on Apple Podcasts in the personal journals category in the country of Jamaica. So shout out to all of my Jamaica listeners for listening to the show, for loving the show, for sharing, like all of that stuff contributes. And for podcasters, getting charted on Apple Podcasts, like out of all of the podcasting directories, is kind of like hitting the bestsellers list on Amazon. So it's a big deal. And it just confirms to me that I need to keep doing the podcast. I enjoy it so much. But sometimes just because we enjoy stuff doesn't mean that it translates in the lives of others. So I'm very grateful for all of the love and support that you guys continue to show the podcast. So I got a treat for y'all. So I don't know if this is just kind of like, this is like my present to you guys because... This episode today is going to change the game. And I can almost guarantee, no, I can guarantee you that it's going to change the game. It's the beginning of quarter four, and it's not uncommon to see creatives scrambling to get our ish together before the new year rolls in. We don't have that much time, you guys. And realistically, most of us are still juggling both our brands and our nine to fives. And it can be quite the challenge to buckle down and set goals for the new year. Trust me, I get it. With that being said, I'm a firm believer in doing what you can with what you have where you are. That's been my mantra from day one. So if you're one of my A1s from day one, then you already know that's like one of my favorite quotes ever. Do what you can with what you have where you are. I'm like the queen of that. So since you're on a nine to five, I want to talk today about how you can put your entrepreneurial talents or your creative talents to work for you at work. Yep, this is a topic that many of you have requested, so I said, hey, why not? Especially considering the fact that I'm one of y'all and I have been able to successfully leverage my creative slash entrepreneurial gifts in the workplace. So last month, if you follow us on Instagram, you know that I hosted uh, Hustlers Night Out and uh, myself, along with some of uh, this show's listeners and supporters, we went together and had dinner in a movie. We saw the new movie. Well, it's not so new right now. It's been out almost a month now. Uh, We saw the new Hustlers movie starring Jennifer Lopez, uh, Cardi B, Constance Wu, Lizzo, Kiki Palmer. And I was going to see the movie anyway. And I was like, you know what? This will be a good time for me to kind of kick in and chill with some of the people who support me, support my brand, support the podcast. And so I just decided to go do opening night. And I was like, hey, who wants to come out and join me? It's free. All you got to do is buy your movie ticket. And like people came out. So I was already going to see the movie because y'all already know, no experience in my life goes to complete waste. (laughs) No experience in my life goes to complete waste. I'm one of those people where everything that I do, I find a lesson in it. I find a message in it, or I correlate it with 
a topic that I want to talk about anyway, so that it's more relevant. And I think that that really contributes to the success of this show as well. So y'all know nothing goes the complete way. So today's conversation is also going to tie directly into some of the biggest takeaways from the movie, from my perspective, of course. Even though that was like about a month ago now since we saw the movie, almost almost a month, not quite a month yet, I, you know, have taken my time and have actually done thorough notes so that today's show is something tangible, something that you can relate to, and something that you can truly take some stuff away from. First of all, let me start off by giving you a bit of context as far as the movie and also give you a little history on my experience in the workplace and how it has affected my perspective on what I'm talking about today. And I waited a minute before doing this particular show because I wanted to give you all a chance to actually go and see the movie before y'all accuse me of spoiling it, right? I don't need anybody unfollowing me or defriending me (laughs) because I'm talking about the movie. So although statistic-wise, most people would say I should have posted this episode called Hustlers during the opening weekend because it would get me more listeners. I decided not to do that because I don't like when people spoil stuff for me. And because I have to actually give some details about the movie to make my points today, I just decided to wait to produce this show today. So here we are weeks later. So if you're listening and you haven't seen it, then you're on your own, sis. All right. So if if you're one of those people that are big on spoilers, then maybe you don't want to listen to this episode until you see the movie. Either way it goes, we're going to talk about it. So that's kind of like my disclaimer before you even get into all of this goodness today. If you are not familiar with the film Hustlers, again, it stars Jennifer Lopez, Constance Wu, Cardi B, Lizzo, Kiki Palmarty. Named it. You could Google the movie and get all of the statistics on Wikipedia. So the movie is basically about a group of strippers who drug wealthy men and run, run up charges on their credit cards. Um, this film is based on a true story that was published in 2015 in the New York Magazine. I'll try to find the link and leave it down in the show notes for today. That's just a little back history on basically what the movie was about. We're all hustlers in our own way, and some of us hustle in our businesses full-time, like I mentioned earlier, and others of us hustle when we punch the clock each day. Some of us do both. I'm raising my hand. I'm one of those people. I do both. I have my brand on the side that makes me money, and I also go and I work for a corporation as well. So the great thing about being a hustler is that you get to choose your hustle, right? Nobody makes you wake up one day and force you into doing a hustle. Like it's always a decision. So today I want to give you a little strategy on leveraging that hustle on your nine to five. And I just want to first kind of define hustler because there are some people that'll say hustler hustling is not a good positive thing. And then there are others of us who see hustling as is, is a little bit different. So A hustler is most commonly defined as an aggressively enterprising person, a go-getter, right? Someone who will stop at nothing to get what he or she wants. Someone who tries to earn money or gain advantage from situations they're in by using dishonest or illegal methods, pretty much like the women in the Hustlers movie, if you saw, right? So everything started off legit. And then in the end, their hands were kind of tied and they had to do something. So we'll get into that a little bit more in a minute. Now, I think that these definitions of a hustler, they're good generic definitions. But as time progresses, I think the word 
hustler has been redefined in a lot of ways. In my opinion, it doesn't mean it doesn't have to mean getting money in dishonest or illegal ways. I know for me, I've been hustling for a decade now and I have not done anything illegal and I've tried my best to not be dishonest. If we're just being real, right? Let's with it. We're we're honest here, aren't we? <laughs> so that's what I want to talk to you about in this episode. Believe it or not, there are legal and completely legitimate ways to make more money on your job besides getting paid your hourly wage. So let me give you a little context now as far as my work history and my work background, so that you get the full scope of where my perspective lies. In the past, what, 10 years, you guys know my story. If you don't, go check out my first book. It gives you it gives you the tea from the very, very, very beginning. So if you're an OG here, then you already know the deal. So I've had my fair share of jobs. I've had my fair share of internships. I've done a little bit of everything. Um, I'll say about five years of my work experience in total has been in the banking industry. So um, my first experience working at a bank, I worked as a temp. So I went through a temp agent agency and I worked in the mortgage lending department. So in this particular environment, I was the youngest. I worked with a lot of older women who had been working for this corporation, some for 20 years, some for 25 years, some for 10 years. And here I am, the little young spring chicken walking through the front door. I've got all these great ideas. I am writing my first book. I have a business on the side. I've already lived in New York. I've worked for BET. I've um, worked for fashion stylists. I've you know, had a pretty exciting life to these individuals. So in this particular case, what I did outside of work to make money It did not intimidate anyone that I work with, even down to my manager. They saw the value in what I was able to do. And as a result of that, I was able to sell the employees books outside of work, of course. Um, There were employees that started following me on social media. They showed interest in what I was doing. It sparked, even for some of them, ideas for businesses, even at their latter ages in life. So this was one scenario that, I definitely wanted to bring the light so that you could see that your work environment does not have to be an intimidating one um, if you learn how to leverage your gifts and talents um, there. Now, fast forward to when I first moved back to Charleston, I worked for another financial institution where the scenario was completely different. And it got so bad to where I would, you know, not disclose who I was outside of work. It was almost like I was living a double life. I didn't want to talk about the brand that I had and the business that I had because I didn't want to lose my job because the reality is we need our jobs in most cases, right? So as time progressed, I found that the corporation I was working for, they were intimidated by my skills and activities outside of work. When in reality, I felt like a lot of the things that I had accomplished and the skill set that I had could contribute to the organization's success because this particular financial institution wasn't in business that long. It hadn't even been five years. They were a fairly new organization that could definitely use some of the experience and knowledge that I had in areas that they had not yet established. For example, they didn't even have like a a marketing team, like a, a legit marketing team. 
they had maybe one person, but they did not have a full-blown marketing team at all. And I felt like I could contribute. So I felt like in this scenario, it was completely opposite of my first experience. So I wanted to give you guys just a little back history on what my work experience has been like in the corporate space. Fast forward to last year, I had been running my business full time for like a year and a half or so, maybe two. And I finally got back out there and started applying for jobs. Before I even went into it, I knew kind of what my ideal scenario was. I knew that going into another job after not working one for all these years, I knew that I needed flexibility. I knew that I didn't want to have to be two different people in at work and outside of work. I knew I wanted to kind of have a different outcome in, from that perspective. So when I got called for the interview, I knew what I wanted. I knew that I wasn't going to hide my skill set. I knew that I wasn't going to hide the things that I had accomplished and the internships I had. So instead of separating my resume, I put all of that on my resume. I put my real experiences on the table in the beginning so that I could showcase value from the start. So that's the first things first is don't be afraid to showcase your value. Even if the company doesn't bite, always be transparent about what you've accomplished. Now, of course, you don't want to give them all the tea up in the beginning, but give them enough value from the start so that you can separate yourself apart from anyone else. So why should you want to make extra money on your nine to five? Well, duh, you want to have extra funds to invest in your business. You want to have extra money to be able to hire that photographer, to be able to go to that business conference. And a lot of times when we're just going to work and punching the clock and getting paid our hourly rate, our hourly wages, it's cap. That's it. Unless you get a raise. So it's always going to be that cap on which you can earn. You need money, extra money to invest in your dreams and your businesses. It allows you to build a savings. So I know before I started working this job, y'all, I couldn't save any money because literally every dollar that I got went to bills and then that still wasn't enough. Being able to maximize your income on your nine to five, it allows you to build a savings. It allows you to travel. It allows you to enjoy life. It allows you to alleviate some of the stress that maybe you are experiencing. So in the movie Hustlers, J-Lo played the role of Ramona Vega, and she was on a mission to start her own fashion line. So this is why she needed her extra money. And so again, she went to work. She worked at a strip club. She worked as a stripper. But she also had an end goal in mind. She didn't want to do that forever. She had a plan. She wanted the money, the extra money that she made to start her own fashion line. And then you've got Constance Wu who played, she kind of played like the the new stripper. Her name was Destiny in the movie. And she said a line that you probably have seen in all of the previews where she says, I just want to be able to take care of my grandma, you know, go shopping every once in a while. These were these ladies' reasons in the movie. So first, you need to know what's your why. Why do you want to earn extra money on your nine to five? Why is it a necessity? What would it? What stress or pains or discomforts would it relieve for you if you were to earn some extra cash? Because here's the thing, you guys: as creatives, our creativity is pretty much guaranteed because it's God given, right? Like only God can give you your creativity. Only God can give you. Um, a thriving brand. Your job is not guaranteed because it's man provided. So you have to learn to work it 
while you can. And believe it or not, y'all, and some people might disagree, we're really no different from some of the strippers in the movie. I mean, every day we go to work and a lot of these corporations are prostituting our gifts. We wear a one-size-fits-all hat and we're not being properly compensated or recognized for our gifts, our knowledge, and our expertise. But this is going to change today because I'm going to give y'all a few very important points or tips, whatever you want to call them, that's going to help you to shift your perspective and change the way that you are navigating starting tomorrow when you go to work. All right, starting tomorrow when you go to work. So this episode is actually going to require you to pull out your notepad on your phone or a notebook, something to write these points down. And I encourage you, share these points on social media. Use the hashtag TableTalkWithToddy. Tag me at OfficialToddy so I can repost it. Let's get the word out about this because we're about to change the game, y'all. Like we're about to, we're about to change the game. Okay, point number one, absorb what you can when you can because seasons will change. Absorb what you can, when you can, because seasons will change. Your job may not last forever. Let me say that again for the people in the back that think that their nine to fives are secure. Your job may not last forever, so get as much out of it as you can. What do I mean by this? Formal trainings from the company's pocket. Leverage opportunities. We treat our nine to fives, y'all, like lifelong commitments, like we're married to these jobs. Now, being committed to your job and and, and showing up with excellence is completely different than than thinking that you'll be there forever or that that company is going to have your back and your best interest forever. That's just not realistic. That's just not realistic. So let's let's go and reference the movie Hustlers. So if you've seen the movie, you remember... The strip club crash, the strip game crashed when the stock market did. So the majority of the clients that came in the club, they came from Wall Street. They were doing cricket stuff to, to make all the money they did, and they spent it in strip clubs. It was the worst financial crisis in modern times, and the crash put everybody out of business. So let's do the math. If the start, stock market crashes, which means these wealthy guys lost their jobs, then guess what? They couldn't come to frequent the strip club anymore, which means the strippers didn't make any money. So when the strip game crashed, everything changed. Everything changed. So this is an example that, again, absorb what you can when you can because seasons will change. So, okay, you're probably wondering, okay, so what do I do? All right, let's reference the movie again. The first thing is to get a mentor or to find somebody that inspires you enough to take some sort of action. So in the movie, the new stripper, Destiny, she started hanging out with the veteran stripper, who was J-Lo in the movie. She asked Ramona to show her the moves, give her a crash course on the place, and introduce her to some of her Wall Street friends. So of course, because in the movie, J-Lo had been in the strip club for for many years. She's like one of those pro strippers. Like She is well-known. When the guys come to the club, they want to see her. She, she, like, she can dance one set and make all of the money for the night and be good. That's the type of stripper that J-Lo was in the movie. So J-Lo had already built relationships with some of these Wall Street guys. She already knew them. They knew her by name. So she was the person that Destiny in this particular case needed to start hanging out with, right? She went straight to the source, the person that was making all the money, the person that had all the relationships, and she stuck very close. Let's translate this into something that makes sense for you. Get close to the CEOs. Get close to the leaders, the managers, the people that are making the sh- calling the shots, making the decisions, the people who 
are the brain behind the brands and the businesses and organizations. And while if you work for like a a Walmart or something, it may be a little bit more challenging for you to sit down and have lunch with the CEO or with whoever, but you can definitely start building relationships from the bottom up. That means build a relationship with your manager, your supervisor, and then build a relationship with their manager or supervisor. That's how you start doing it. That's how you start the absorption of knowledge, of information. And all of this stuff is going to help you to climb the ladder, period, right? Another tip is to take a course that will allow you to learn more about your your position. There are many companies, guys, that offer free after-work trainings, events for employees. Like when I did a TD Bank keynote, it was for an organization that was developed under the TD Bank umbrella. So basically, it was like the minorities and leadership group that was created by TD Bank leadership. And every Black History Month, they brought in a keynote speaker uh, who was doing things in the community, and they brought them in to do a keynote to train their employees, right? Totally free. They're at work. They're getting paid, but they're learning something new. That particular year, I talked about personal branding in the workplace. I recently did um, another speaking engagement for Google earlier this year. Those employees were able to come, eat lunch, mingle with me, learn from me, learn tips that I had gained over the past several years so that they can become better employees or better contributors to their organization. So that's one example of how you can start absorbing what you can, because even though I guarantee you out of those two uh, corporations that I've done keynotes for, those Some of those employees probably don't still work there, but guess what? The information that they were provided with on personal branding is information that's going to help them to increase their value no matter what organization they're a part of, no matter what business they start, if they ever start a business. So you want to start taking advantage of those during work or after work trainings and events that your organization may have. Another thing is take advantage of tuition reimbursement programs. So if your organization, they will give you money to go to school, go back to school. It's it's almost free. Well, they're going to give you money back for your tuition. So those are cases where you have to leverage because the more knowledgeable you are at something, the more you can demand. That's the bottom line. Like if you're if you're if you're listening to this and you're not even going to put forth the effort to to become more knowledgeable in something, it's not going to work for you, right? It's not going to work for you. By attending these trainings that are being offered by your job, it gives you access to tools. It gives you access to certifications that you'll be able to use beyond the company, and it allows you to build your resume. And realistically, y'all, it's setting you apart from everybody else because. How many people do you kick it with at lunch that are actually attending these trainings and that are actually trying to become more knowledgeable in not just the company, but become more knowledgeable in what they're doing so that their value is increased? It's not too many of them, right? So if your organization, for example, offers a training on customer service and you have your own business where customer service is very important, so if you sell T-shirts or if you are selling paintings, or if you're like a nail tech on the weekends or an author trying to sell books, you had better take that training because you'll be able to implement some of the same strategies in your in, strategies in your own business. 
Y'all, y'all see how this works? So while your job is not a lifelong commitment, you must absorb what you can right now because seasons will change. Season will change. All right. So that's the first point. Point number two. Y'all ready for this? Find additional ways to monetize your current position. So this is going to require y'all to do something that a lot of people don't want to do these days because they just want to copy everything everybody else does. You got to think outside of the box. This is the requirement for this point. Think beyond your job description and fill in the gaps for the company you work for. So this may be a little bit easier for those of us who work for smaller corporations, right? So we don't have like 500 employees. We have more like 30 in-house, like admin in the office making decisions type of corporation. So this may be a little bit easier for those, but this is still very much so relevant to those of you who are working for larger corporations. You want to sit down and think about where, number one, what are the company's goals, And you only know this if you read those emails that they send out that we hate to see, right? That tells you what's going on in the company. So figure out what the company's goals are and figure out what they're missing that will allow them to achieve that goal. Once you do that, you can pinpoint exactly where you can provide value. Now, I'm not telling you to go run and and if they're trying to uh, build community in their organization by creating a cafe, if you're not a good cook, stay out the kitchen, sis. Right. So I'm not telling you to just jump and fill in blanks where where you're not gifted to do that. I'm telling you, look for the gaps that you can use your creativity and your entrepreneurial talent to help the company to achieve that goal. Now, I will say this. Monetizing doesn't always have to be directly correlated to money. So if you tapped on this episode and you're like, oh, I'm going to make more money. I'm going to have more money on my paycheck. That's not solely what we're talking about here. Monetizing does not always have to be directly correlated to the coin, right? It can be an experience. And I want to share an example um, of a a friend of mine who I met during an internship many years ago. We finally met, what was it, last year at the United States of Women Summit. Um, Monique Griffin, if you're listening to this, shout out to you, girl, because you inspired the heck out of me last week, girlfriend. So anyway, when I say monetizing doesn't always have to be directly correlated to money. It can be an experience. My friend Monique Griffin, I'm going to give you an example of how recently she met Oprah at one of her company's luncheons. And long story short, she's worked for this organization for a a long time because for as long as I've been connected with her, she's been working for the same organization. And she was able to attend a luncheon that was hosted by the organization she works for. And guess who was the keynote speaker? Oprah Winfrey, someone who she had wanted to meet for for so long. And she was finally able to not just be in a room with Oprah. She was able to hug Oprah, greet Oprah, and sit across the table from Oprah. Now, that is probably worth way more than adding an extra dollar or two to her paycheck, right? Because that's a life That's a life impacting experience, right? Like how many of our lives would change if we met Oprah? Like just just even to hug Oprah and be in the room with Oprah. Like, and I've been in the room with Oprah before, but I've never gotten to hug Oprah or sit across the table from her, like period. So that's an example of how monetizing doesn't always have to be directly correlated to money. Now, Monique was one of those chicks that was like, oh, I'm just going to work and do my job and that's it. And she didn't ask. And in this case, she had to raise her hand and ask for the opportunity and say, hey, does anyone have an extra ticket? Because I need to be there. 
and she got what she asked for. So that's a very, that's a lucrative experience that can't be replaced by adding a dollar or two to your paycheck. Let's go back to the movie for a quick reference. When the strip game crashed, they found a new way to bring in money. It was an illegal way, right? (laughs) In the movie, Ramona came up with a scheme to target rich men at bars, get them drunk, and then escort them to the strip club where they previously worked, where the girls would steal their credit card numbers and charge them to their limit. Now, let me give you a disclaimer. I'm not telling y'all to do no illegal schemes, not do nothing illegal, but this is an example of how you can become the blue ocean in your ocean, aka your job. All you have to do, and this is a quote from Ramona in the movie, all you have to do is figure out who you're dealing with and play them at their own level. Y'all, these corporations, most of them, (laughs) I hate to say this, it's a whole game for them. And once you know their hand, once you know what their goals are, once you know what is their bottom line here and how can I contribute, how can I become so valuable that nothing else matters? That's what I mean by becoming a blue ocean in your ocean, which is your job. So I'm going to give you another example. Y'all get all the tea today. I'm going to give you another example of how how this has worked for me at my current uh, job. So when I was hired at this particular company, one of the, the determining factors for the CEO and the vice president, because they were the ones that interviewed me, was my experience in branding and marketing and knowing how to use Facebook. Now, I never claimed to them that I was a Facebook expert. I told them I knew how to run an ad. I think everybody knows how to run a Facebook ad. (laughs) But that was something they did not know how to do. Ding, ding, value. So beyond my experience in the position that they created for me at this company, I added extra value because, again, I put my value on the table in the beginning, aka my resume. They saw what I had accomplished. They knew what I could do. And that's what separated me from the real-life example the, the lady that interviewed before me, she was an older woman who had experience directly correlated to the industry that I work in on my job. They picked me over her because I had additional value. I had what they needed to help them reach one of their end goals. You get what I'm saying? Which was to generate more leads and more leads generated more sales. They wanted to do that through Facebook. So because I had the basic skill set and I presented that in the beginning, I immediately became valuable to the company. So now here I am. I got hired. Um, I'm working. I'm doing some branding stuff for them, some marketing stuff for them. And the opportunity comes where I get to travel to Austin, Texas to attend a Facebook funnel type of ninja, like next level Facebook funnel types of stuff, stuff I didn't know about. Trip completely free. It allowed me to visit a city that I have never been to before. And it allowed me to learn a skip, an extra skill set on how to build a, like y'all, the, the Facebook stuff is so ninja, like it's next level. It's beyond the stuff that I've ever taken in a course or anything. Like it's completely next level. And even though it's taught from that particular industry, it's stuff that I can implement and have implemented in my own brand. So that's what I mean by figuring out how to find additional ways to monetize your position. So let's break it down just a little bit more. If I have a business outside of my nine to five that helps business owners to build their personal brands, to grow their businesses, right? So I help individuals like my boss, like CEOs of companies who they want to get out there more. They want to do speaking engagements. They want to write books. They want to be more in the forefront to grow their businesses and their corporations. Who do you think they're going to hire for this? In my case, they're going to hire me. Why? Why? Because I have 
massive experience in building a personal brand. I've done it for myself. I've done it for clients. My track record shows. I've written a book on it. I talk about it all the time. I've had a podcast series on Like I have done it. Eyes closed and eyes open. So should the CEO come to me and said, hey, I want to write a book. I want to I want to do more video content so that my personal brand can grow. Who do you think they're going to hire? Who do you think is going to get paid for that job or that opportunity? Your girl is. If my organization decides that they want to launch a podcast show to generate leads for their business, because I've already successfully done this, who do you think they're going to hire? So this goes beyond my paycheck. This goes beyond my paycheck, right? So this takes you from just employee to partner. Take a minute and digest that, y'all. This takes you from employee to partner, and that's a major difference. You become one of the decision makers versus someone who just comes in, punches the clock, and gets one paycheck. This breaks the cap off of what you're getting paid an hour or salary or whatever. This takes you from just employee to partner. I'm not an employee at the organization I work for. I'm a partner. This makes it hard for organizations to just fire you and hire someone else because you're, you've become a non-negotiable. You become a non-negotiable because you provide value. Point number three, let's take it home. You don't get what you earn. You get what you negotiate. You don't get what you earn. You don't get, if you make $10 an hour, you don't get that $10 an hour because that's what you earn. You get that $10 an hour because that's what you negotiated and settled for. Show them where you're valuable. One of the most important parts of growing a community around our brands and businesses and attracting customers is we got to show them how to provide, how we provide them value. We do that every day. If you're building an email list, if you're posting on Facebook and Instagram, trying to get people to go to your website, you are constantly, we're constantly on this treadmill of showing people where we're valuable and how we can add value to their lives. You're no exempt to this on your day job. You got to be good at something. This is how you stand out. You you know, just going, you can't just go to work and not do anything beyond that. You got to be good at something. So if you got a talent or a skill that you feel you can fill in the blanks for at your organization, you better nurture it. You better get better at it and get better at it and get better at it because that's the only way you're going to make more money on your job. That's the only way you're going to become more valuable. The new stripper in the show, Destiny, in the movie, she had it rough at first, right? At first, she was just another stripper trying to get trying to get the, the biggest baller in the club. And eventually, she realized that she too had to step her game up. She had to increase her value in order to make more money and be seen. And she did that by, you know, of course, it, she improved her look. She learned more dance moves from Ramona. She did what she had to do so that she was just not another stripper coming and making a little couple of dollars every night. She knew in order to achieve her goal of being able to take care of her grandma one day, she knew she had to negotiate, right? She knew just coming there and, and possibly getting a dance was not the answer for her. She had to figure it out. So I think it's time that we change the way corporations see us as creatives and entrepreneurs in the workplace. We should be viewed as assets, y'all, and not liabilities. If your business is not like competition for the company, There should be an added collaborative effort involved amongst all of us. And the bottom line here is that it starts with us. Stop being afraid to explore new opportunities and speak up for what you deserve beyond your business. Speak up for what you deserve beyond your business. 
Table talk takeaway. I don't think I've done one of these in a long time, but I got a good one for you today. Don't let your job work you. You work your job. And that's a little remix from Diamond in the Players Club movie. If you haven't seen, what is up with all these stripper uh, references today? (laughs) So again, if you missed it, don't let your job work you. You work your job. It's possible, y'all. Let's change the way that corporations see us as creatives and entrepreneurs in the workplace. It should be a team effort. We're all in this for a reason. Let's do this together. I just gave y'all, I feel like, my life's manual on how I make extra money on my job. Now, of course, I didn't get any specifics on all the ways I make money, but I kind of gave y'all, I think if you could put the pieces of the puzzle together, I won't give y'all too much specifics on it for obvious reasons, but I make very good money on my job. And it's not because, it's not because I am just going to work and being pretty and showing up every day on time. It's because I, number one, my, I made my value very clear. Two, I didn't just settle. I negotiated. And three, I'm constantly learning new ways to increase my value in the workplace. As a result, it allows me to travel more this year. It's allowing me to invest in ways that I've never been able to invest in my brand. It's allowing me to enjoy life, build the savings, not stress as much, enjoy my kid. And I think those are things that you may not want those exact things for your life. But I do know that as a creative, if if we could worry less about having the money to invest in certain things and, you know, and get away from just hating your job so much to where you're not leveraging opportunity there to make more money. I think that's the conversation that needs to be had. So I hope you all enjoyed today's show. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode enough to share it with someone else. Please share it, y'all. Like shares mean the world. Shares mean the world. Leave a review on this episode if it's your favorite. Hit me up on Instagram, Facebook. All of the information is down in the show notes. And until the next show, I will talk to you guys soon.